the word ekphrasis comes from the Greek for the description of the work of art produced as a rhetorical exercise. It is a vivid, often dramatic, verbal description of a visual art piece. And I'm back. This is Darwin Messidy. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of The Ekphrastic, a podcast where we paint pictures with words. Today's subject, Pablo Picasso. He was a painter, a sculptor, etcher, lithographer, ceramist, and designer. And he's regarded as one of the most influential artists of the 20th century. We'll get to know him a little bit better, but first, let's get into some art news. All right, first up, we have an article here from the Star Tribune entitled Immersive Van Gogh will turn a Minneapolis building into participatory art. So the show dives uh, into some uh, into Van Gogh's mind with a digital projection of his paintings. Visitors to Immersive Van Gogh can become part of the art rather than just experiencing it. Van Gogh's sunflowers used to just be used to just be a visual on a canvas in a climate-controlled museum, but starting October um, August 12th, they'll take over the walls, ceilings, and floors of Lighthouse Minneapolis's um, 1515 Central Ave Northeast, along with Starry Night and 400 other paintings. Visitors to immersive Van Gogh can become part of the art rather than just experiencing it. Extra points if one wears a white shirt and actually becomes the canvas for these digitally projected works. Uh, this is kind of cool. I like the sound of this. Uh, so, you know, you have these projectors now. Um, you can have like outdoor movies sometimes people do, or sometimes you can project something onto a building like when a sports team is um, in the playoffs or something like that. And they decide to take this to the next level and just straight up um, make it, turn an entire building into a canvas. So that's... That's kind of cool. And then, you know, if you're standing around with a white shirt, you actually literally become part of that art. Maybe it'll be a, a, a great picture for Instagram or something like that. That would be something interesting to try out. So let me continue here. Thinking about what Van Gogh might have imagined seeing, seeing before he passed away, Italian digital artist Massimiliano Sicardi created his um, hour-long animated installation. Massimiliano is the Steven Spielberg of immersive installation art, said producer Corey Ross. He's been doing this in Europe for 30 years and sold millions of tickets. In true Hollywood form, U.S. audiences caught a glimpse of Sicardi's work in episode 5 of Netflix's show Emily in Paris. His Van Gogh-themed... Oh, I probably gotta check this show out. Emily in Paris, huh? I gotta make a note of that. His Van Gogh-themed light show from the Atelier de Lumière in Paris, oh, I think I did a pretty good job at that, somebody check my pronunciation please, um, was featured in the show. To date, more than 2 million tickets have been sold in 20 uh, venues across North America, including Toronto, New York, Chicago, San Fran, and LA. Minneapolis tickets will run from $40 for off-peak hours to $100, $100 for a VIP experience that includes souvenir merch. Uh, see, this is the kind of stuff that I that I kind of rail against sometimes. So you know, this is a gateway, you know. And granted, you know, every you know, I, I guess we live in a capitalist society, so there's a price for admission for most things. But 
things like art and then you're using a building maybe even using a public building that was publicly funded uh you're gonna charge folks up to a hundred dollars to get you know good a good experience at this thing 40 bucks even is still a lot of money to experience some art and so as a luxury expenditure for discretionary spending you know a lot of folks that come from where i come from they don't have the money to be spent 40 bucks on, on on something like this i mean unless you have a deep appreciation for it you grew up and you maybe you're you're an up-and-coming artist uh, uh, as a kid it maybe it'll be worth it to take a trip or something like that but this is stuff that should be way more accessible i feel to the community but i digress uh actually i'll leave this article here folks you should check it out it's in the star tribune uh written by alicia eller uh this was on um written on june 29th so let's keep up with this theme of immersion uh, we're not going to read uh, we're just going to read this one more article today this was fascinating because um well you'll, you'll 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 pick up on it once we uh dive in a little bit more now you see the art in ar with ar standings for uh, augmented reality and now you don't in their first collaboration the high line and shed invite the public to a sculpture hunt in augmented reality uh do you see the ladybird the floating ice ice uh, ice cube for example so what are we talking about here on a toured afternoon in june emma enderberry enderby chief curator of the shed and cecilia elamani director of chief and chief curator of highline art walk side by side between their respective uh bailiwicks on the west side of manhattan plotting the configuration of their first collaborative exhibition they were exultant no night install, uh, uh, Elamani said. No cranes. That's the best. Nothing would be de decided until right before the opening. We didn't have to think about engineering or weight loads, Inderberry said. We can just spend a leisurely day placing them. The exhibition, titled The Looking Glass, which runs from Saturday through August um, 29th, so Saturday being, so this was again another June 29th um, article, so it's going to run for about two months is a show in which all of them, the sculptures on view, are virtual, existing only in augmented reality um, or AR. Why I think you, this should sound familiar for you is think of Pokemon Go. This was all the rave a couple years ago. Uh, you have this app and you just you, you look at your phone and you go throughout your community. A great idea for... Um, you know, stepping outside and enjoying the outdoors, uh, making an activity, even you and your kids or family and friends, just go hunt hunt for Pokemon. Well, in this case, you'll be hunting for art. And so in the augmented reality, you have your phone, you use an app uh, developed by Acute Art, a London-based digital art organization. A spectator can point a phone at a QR code displayed at one of the sites, the giveaway of where a virtual artwork is hidden. The code activates a specific sculpture to appear on the viewer's camera uh, camera screen, superimposed on the surroundings. So people are still walking by, you know, there's a tree there or a bench or a building and the, there's the art that just, you know, it's it's virtually right there. You know, the reality is augmented. It's, it's awesome. And, and anybody can be able to, um, you know, you down. Well, I guess this could be another gateway thing if they charge for the app, but I haven't checked. But hopefully they didn't, because anybody could download this thing, and you could just grab your phone. You already have a phone, and you could just go walk around the neighborhood and, and you know, play kind of like um like an Easter egg hunt. So that's kind of cool. Uh, unlike 
virtual reality a v or vr in which a viewer wears a device such as uh, goggles ar does not require total immersion most of the virtual art will be placed on the plaza surrounding the shed on west 30th street at 11th avenue supplemented by three locations on the nearby high line acute art is supervised by the third curator of the exhibition daniel burnbaum burnbaum who, because of the pandemic, could only be present remotely. The Looking Glass is an updated and expanded, uh, is an updated and expanded reprise of another acute art show, Unreal City, which opened on the South Bank of London last year and then, in the face of new lockdown precautions, resurfaced in a month-long at-home version. A teaser with three of the Looking Glass artists was presented last month at Freeze New York at the Shed. There is something charming about it being secret or not completely visible, Birnbaum said in a phone interview. It is a totally invisible show until you start talking about it. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like you're surrounded by art. If you're just walking by this area, you're not even realizing it. You're just surrounded by art. And maybe somebody even takes a screenshot of it or a picture of it and you become part of that. Oh my goodness, here we go again. It's probably another NFT that somebody, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't say anything about NFT, but this thing comes to mind every time when I see something like creative like this done in the digital space. Uh, somebody can take a picture of this art piece with something interesting happening in the background, or maybe somebody looks like they're holding the art piece if you position them properly, and then they could turn that into an NFT. If they have enough followers, I could see social media, uh, socialites uh, turning it into a thing. Uh, regardless of that, I won't put that taint on it. It's still kind of, it's still really cool. It's still really interesting. Let's wrap this up. We don't want to take too long on this because our main um, uh, artist of the day is going to be a long one with, we'll discuss Picasso. But let me skip towards the end here, see what else, if they see anything uh, more interesting about it. Oh, wait a minute. I see something that might tie it into what I was just saying. So uh, let's start here. In the aftermath of the pandemic, Birnbaum suggested the popularity of virtual representations may accelerate. Can they ever do fashion shows again, he said? Will people travel? I see this as possibly another model for exhibitions. I could imagine that the AR and VR and mixed reality thing will be part of a global and local future art world. I will be surprised if the art world doesn't change a little after the lockdown. Although acute art is not a is not at this point profit making, its financial backers, the wealthy Swedish businessman Gerard de Greer and his son Jacob, are aware of the commercial possibilities. Acute art has already created virtual pieces for Chanel and BMW and is exploring ways to issue works in in additions. We haven't really monetized things, Burbaum said, but he allowed that the unexpected NFT craze, and this is where I would play the bum, bum, bum. Of course, this NFT thing rears his ugly head again. I should probably get some sound effects and start putting those, editing those in. I'll, uh, I'll look into that one. And uh, blockchain purchasing have generated talk among some artists about financial opportunities. One thing seems certain, virtual and augmented reality are still in their artistic infancy. Acute art acts as a technical, technical, what? Tech. Technological. Why can't I pronounce that word all of a sudden? My brain just broke. <laughs> As a technological guru, providing computer coders and engineers to bring the virtual creations of artists into being. There is a little storyboard thing written. Then we do a trial version and they will come back and say the texture is too small and it should be more red, Birnbaum said. They get a test app and then 
they can play around with it and place it. My interest is to see what can what we can do with this technology. Uh, he continued. Once there was photography and everyone thought it would kill painting, then cinema and the video camera and the internet came along. In our own time, AR and VR are the new media. There is a period before it is before it is commercialized when one can do experimental things. We are there now. That's exciting news. Glad to see the evolution of uh, technology being interlaced with art. And we'll leave it at that. We had two pieces here about uh, basically immersion art. And we'll get back to our crastic Pablo Picasso. Oh, I got to take a deep breath for this one. Pablo Diego Jose Francisco de Paula Juan Nepo Mucheno Maria de los Remedios Cipriano de la Santísima Trinidad Ruiz y Picasso. That is actually the full name of Pablo Picasso. Uh, and you know you made it when you can turn all of that into one name, like Beyonce or Cher. We just know him as Picasso. Although he lived the majority of his adult years in France, Picasso was a Spaniard by birth in 1881. His father was a painter and a professor of art, and was impressed by his son's drawings from an early age. His mother stated at one time that his first words were to ask for a pencil. At the age of seven, Picasso began receiving formal training from his father. Because of his traditional academic training, Ruiz believed training consisted of copying of masterworks and drawing the human form from live figure models and plaster casts. They relocated to Barcelona, and Ruiz began working at its School of Fine Arts. He persuaded officials there to let his son take an entrance exam for an advanced class, and Picasso was admitted at the age of just 13. At the age of 16, he was sent to Spain's foremost art school in Madrid. Picasso disliked the formal instructions and decided to stop attending his classes soon after he arrived. He filled his days inside Madrid's Prado, which displayed paintings such as Francisco Goya and El Greco. Picasso's work is often categorized into periods. While the names of many of his latter periods are debated, the most commonly accepted periods in his work uh, the Blue Period, that was from 1901-1904 relatively. Uh, the Rose Period from 04 to 06. The African Influence Period, that's, that would be from 1907 to 1909. The Analytical Cubism uh, from 09 to, to 1912. And Synthetic Cubism uh, following that period, also referred to as the Crystal Period. Much of Picasso's work of the late 1910s and early 20s is in a neoclassical style. His work in the mid-1920s often has characteristics of surrealism. His latter work often combines elements of his earlier styles. Throughout the long course of his career, he created more than 20,000 paintings, drawings, sculptures, ceramics, and other items such as costumes and theater sets. He is universally renowned as one of the most influential and celebrated artists of the 20th century. Inspired by African and Iberian art, and developments in the world around him, Picasso contributed significantly to a number of artistic movements. But as an artist and an innovator, he is responsible 
for co-founding the entire Cubist movement along George Barat. Cubism was an avant-garde art movement that changed forever the face of European paintings and sculptures while simultaneously affecting contemporary architecture, music, and literature. Subjects and objects in Cubism are broken up into pieces and rearranged in an abstract form. During the period from approximately 1910 to 1920 when Picasso and Braque were laying the foundation for Cubism in France, its effects were so far-reaching as to inspire offshoots like the styles of Futurism, Dada, and constructivism in other countries. Today's ekphrastic poem is about one of his best-known works, regarded by many art critics as the most moving and powerful anti-war paintings in history, Genica. It's a large 1937 oil painting on canvas. Picasso painted Genica at his home in Paris in response to the April 26, 1937 bombing of Genica, a Basque country town in northern Spain, which was bombed by Nazi Germany and fascist Italy at the request of the Spanish nationalists. Man, talk about <laughs> conspiracy to um, to cause mayhem. So again, this is how this works. Remember, we're going to uh, we're going to be getting a description of a visual art piece. As I'm speaking, I want you to visit the ekphrastic page on my website darwindarko.com. Check out the show notes. There should be a link there. At the site, you will find a catalog of all the artwork we discuss. To accompany today's reading, I want you to find the image of Genica. I'll give you a second to search for it in your browser. B. Beat drums. Blow. Bugles blow. Through the windows, through the doors. Burst like a ruthless force. Into the solemn church and scatter the congregation. Into the school where the scholar is studying. Leave not the bridegroom quiet. No happiness must he have now with his bride. Nor the peaceful farmer any peace. Plowing his field or gathering his grain. So fierce you were, and pound you drums, so shrill you bugles blow. Beat, beat drums, blow, bugles blow. Over the traffic of cities, over the rumble of wheels in the streets, are beds prepared for sleepers at night in the houses? No sleepers must sleep in those beds. No bargainers bargains by day, no brokers or speculators. Would they continue? Would the talkers be talking? Would the singer attempt to sing? Would the lawyer rise in the court to state his case before the judge? Then rattle quicker, heavier drums. You bugles, wilder, blow. Beat, beat, drums, blow. Bugles, blow. Make no parley. Stop for no expostulation. Mind not the timid. Mind not the weeper or prayer. Mind not the old man beseeching the young man. Let not the child's voice be heard, nor the mother's entreaties. Make even the trestles to shake the dead where they lie, awaiting the hearses. So strong you thump, oh terrible drums. So loud you bugles blow. So loud you bugles blow. So loud, so loud. That was Beat Beat Drums by the great Walt Whitman. 
wrote that in 1861. Much of the painting's emotional power comes from its overwhelming size, approximately 11 feet tall and 25 feet wide. Genica is not a painting you observe with spatial detachment. It feels like it wraps around you. Immersive, maybe? Like the theme of the art news that we shared today? It immerses you in its larger-than-life figures in action. And although the size and multiple figures reference the long tradition of European history paintings, uh, this painting is different because it challenges rather than accepts the notion of war as heroic. If you find yourself in Madrid, be sure to pop into the Reina Sofia Museum to see the massive masterpiece in person. It'll be a treat. Picasso's ability to produce works in an astonishing range of styles made him well-respected during his own lifetime. After his death in 1973, his value as an artist and inspiration to other artists has only grown. Two best places to catch his stuff. The Museum of Modern Art in New York. It's been called the house that Pablo built because it has so widely exhibited the artist's work. The other would be, of course, uh, Barcelona, uh, the home of the Museo Picasso, which houses one of the most extensive collections of Picasso's work. His stuff is all over the place. It's always touring, uh, but uh, if you're in New York or if you find yourself in uh, Barcelona, uh, stop by and, and definitely check out a Picasso. Since Picasso was able uh, from the 1920s to sell works at very high prices, he could keep most of his au revoir in his own collection, actually. At the time of his death, his he owned like 50,000 works in various media from every period of his career, a selection of which passed into possession of the French state and the rest to his heirs. Their exhibition and publication served to reinforce uh, the highest estimates of Picasso's astonishing powers of invention and uh, execution over a span of more than 80 years. It, it's amazing um, the career that he had and he is synonymous with art. When people make an analogies of um, of stuff like of the Jordan of of this field, or uh, or the um, you know the or the Spielberg of something, he is like somebody would be the Picasso of. He is that much of a goat that he is that sort of analogy uh, when you refer to Picasso. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Everybody who, even if you've never even been really interested in art, you've seen Picasso's work, you've um, probably um, can even identify one just just by looking at it on the wall. Be like, yep, that's a Picasso. But of course, there's a lot of um, imitators out there. But you know what they say, imitation is the best form of flattery. So that's it for me today, folks. Uh, we painted yet another pretty picture with our words. I'm glad you took the time to join me on this journey. And again, for this and other artwork we discussed, please visit darwindarko.com backslash ekphrastic. It's, it's where you can find all this stuff. It's cataloged for your viewing pleasure. Even if it's uh, you've already listened to an episode, you just want to go look at some art, check out the page. Uh, if you like the show, by the way, um, please leave us uh, some creative uh, feedback. Uh, rate us five stars and leave a comment. That's always helpful. Another great way to support the show is to share it on your socials, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, all the good stuff. I'm Darren Mesadu. Thanks again for listening to The Acrastic. <laughs>